When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to part two of this week's Skating Penguin Network Mailbag. I am your host, Garrett Behanna, as always alongside me. He is a fellow contributing writer over at Pensburg.com, co-host of the Skating Penguin Network Mailbag, and just about everything else we do here at the Skating Penguin Network. It's Robbie Noggle, and with me again, as always, is the Rook, the newest recruit, the man with the flow, the man with the questionable, really, if you want to be blunt, awful food takes, it's Snail. We're back to answer more of your questions that you submitted to us earlier this week. Uh, we mentioned that uh, on Tuesday's episode, which um, went live, that was our first episode on YouTube. This episode and all further content will be on YouTube as well. And so, uh, yep. Boys, let's get into it. Robbie, as always, you get question number one. Snail will get question number two. I will take question number three, and we will go back and forth until the mailbag is wrapped up. So with that being said, let's get into part two. Robbie, question number one comes from Brian here. What is one city you always wanted to visit to try the food that they are known for? This is a, a tremendous opening question. I'm glad I got it. Um, I was thinking about this because I have so many options. And I want to go to Athens and just eat as much Greek food as I can find. Specifically, I want to get some good gyros. Um, I can get gyros here locally that are pretty decent. But I want the authentic experience uh, in Greece, in Athens, uh, where it is, uh, where it was born. I love um, like feta cheese, goat cheese. I really like olive oil-based dishes, um, uh, pork, lamb, sheep, uh, all that. The only thing I'm not huge when it would come to Greece is I'm not big on olives, but 
Uh, I can work around that. I love the Mediterranean style food. I love seafood. Uh, so I would want to go to Athens and Greece uh, to try out that um, authentic type Greek food. Um, uh, again, I had a lot of options on this list, but it, Brian specified one city. So I'm going to stick by Brian's rules and I'm going to go with Athens, Greece uh, to try some of that really, really good authentic Greek food. Uh, most specifically, I just want a a gyro, an authentic uh, Greek gyro, uh, and then just l- allow me to uh, kind of wander around uh, the Greek Isles, uh, trying all sorts of different dishes, uh, the seafood, it all looks delicious. And um, if I'm picking one, that is at the top of my list right now. Uh, question number two, still from Brian here. Brian's been kind of uh, dominating this podcast as always. We're going to switch this one over to Snail. Uh, Brian asked, uh, any plans to bring on guests during the season? Um, we've talked about in the past, um, anybody to bring on to talk shop about the Penguins? Uh, if so, who is one guest uh, you would love to have? Well, I feel like that's more of a question for, for Garrett and Robbie. Um, I, From what I've heard from them, I, I've not heard of anybody coming on anytime soon, but you never know what they have up their sleeves. Uh, if I If I lived in Pittsburgh, I'd be like, I, what do they call the guys that like wait for autographs? Seekers? Scalpers? <laughs> Scalper. Just ripping people off with tickets. No, I think they're called seekers. I've never heard that term. Seek, like, just like people who like stop people at like airports and like ask for autographs and stuff like that. Well, I think that's a little bit more intense. I, I'm talking uh-huh. like a seeker is like somebody who's like, he's he knows where like Sidney Crosby's car is going to pull up to the stoplight before yeah. he gets to the stadium. And they just have ba- not baseball, hockey cards, jerseys, t-shirts, like they're getting autographs like every single time. Yeah, that's not that's me. a, that's called a stalker. That, yeah. Almost. So I didn't want to use the word stalker, but I, I dude, if I, <laughs> if I was in Pittsburgh, I'd be, I'd be like chasing down Sidney Crosby's, uh, whatever he has like Range Rover after trying to get him on the podcast. Uh, not really, but, um, if I could get someone on, I don't know. Of course, it'd be cool to get like some, like you know, sit on or try to understand Gino. But realistically, like uh, through the Spit and Chicklets podcast, we've been introduced a little bit more personally to the Ryan Bugsy Malone. I I love that guy's character. I would love to. He's he had an interesting career too. Like he, I think he came into the league like a year before Sid did, and. He was like a sick power forward with like a lot of potential. And I remember I've you hear these stories come up since he's kind of been talking more to like these it's specifically more podcasts and like a Mario was high on him. I just and then he kind of had some issues when he went to Tampa Bay and um, got he had kind of a reputation for not taking the game. I just would love to talk to him. I just think one of the he's always intrigued me a lot. Colby Armstrong's another one. You guys ha- didn't have him on, did you already? No. Nope, not yet. Okay, not yet, huh? Is have you have you tried to talk to him? I have DM'd people through the Pensburg Twitter account. I've DM'd people through the podcast Twitter account. I've DM'd personally. Um, some uh, some work out obviously better than others. Uh, sure. Yeah. But I, like for the the thing about it is, it's it's hard because it's not like we're officially affiliated with like the penguins in any capacity it would be easier for a former player to go on like an officially branded podcast but i right. see what you i see what you mean 
trying to get because I'd like I'd love to have a conversation. I just not even an interview, not even right. asking a guy questions. I'd love to just have a a, a roundtable conversation, talk about um, Ryan Malone's playing days, what he's doing now, how the spit and chicklets thing that sort of has exploded uh, in, in popularity. I, I just love to. That would be one of the things that I want to do if if we could bring more, not even former players, even people that who we just could bring on as guests to have a more informal conversation. Now, we've had guys like Josh Yoey on before, you know, guys that are in the weeds, the beat writers who are with the team day in and day out. I know we've had Yoey on for trade deadline talk in the past. And under under those circumstances, like that would be I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have a fireside chat with Josh Yoey. I, I, I'm not going to waste Josh's time. You know, he's gracious enough as it is to lend us his time. I want to talk about the inner happenings with the team. You know, what kind of trade chatter is he hearing? That sort of thing. But back to your back to put a bow on. Since this is your question, yeah, I'd love to have uh, more informal discussions with these guys if we could get like formal connections with them for sure. So uh, the 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 equipment manager that retired, Dan, is it Dana Hines or yeah. Dana Hinesy? Uh-huh. I would love to, dude. I'm a huge hockey gear nerd. Like you can see in my background, I have like a bunch of sticks. Those, a bunch of like old sticks, a newer stick. I would love to talk to him about which he probably. This is probably why he retired. He's probably over hockey gear at this point in his life. But I would love to talk to him about how players you know, what like patterns they use, like curve wise, uh, tape or no tape, grip or no grip, uh, skates, what kind of like customizations they get to their skates, that kind of stuff. I could pick his brain. And I think there's a lot of other people, uh, the couple of friends that I have that are into hockey are also huge gear nerds. And uh, one of them actually had a Instagram account. He started just talking about like scouring Reddit and stuff and people that have bought in uh, used gear from players and stuff and like the quirky things that they do to their gear so if there's one guy i'd like to get on it'd probably be dana just to like know the ins and outs of like from any from fourth liners gears who were here with like for a cup of coffee to you know we sid stuff is pretty out there and and gino's kind of a, a weirdo when it comes to gear so if i could get one guy on it'd probably be dana so fun story about that actually he's not done with hockey equipment um because he works at a hockey gear store about 15 minutes from where I live here in Johnstown. No way. Um, he's been doing skates. And um, now the guy that it's named after the guy that used to own it passed away, but he was actually, he helped Dana during the 09 cup run. Um, and he's actually in the team picture on the ice. Um, wow. That's uh, sick. So yeah, he does still work with hockey gear. He's enjoying uh, what I'm assuming is retirement, but, um, he's still definitely uh, close to the game, that's for sure. Well, you, you know what this means, right, Robbie? You, you, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I'll have to see if I can get a hold of them down at the store and see if we can set something up. But um, Oh, that would be amazing. I don't know how much he is into doing that kind of stuff, but sure, I can yeah. always put feelers out and um, uh, uh, see. And, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'll work on that here and see if we can't get something set up at some point in the future. But um, that's just an interesting – he is not done with hockey – He's still very much uh, involved in the game, just in a much more, I'd say, relaxed and stress-free role than what it was when he was behind the bench. Is he from Johnstown? Yeah, he played for the Chiefs. Um, oh, really? He, he played for the Chiefs, but he was mostly an equipment manager. 
uh, for the Chiefs, and the equipment room at the War Memorial, which is where they play, is actually renamed the Dana Hines Equipment Room. Wow. What? Um, the yeah. lore and, is just getting thicker. And yeah. um, Chris Stewart, the team doctor uh, for the Penguins, the head team, or team trainer, sorry, not team doctor, uh, is from Johnstown as well. I didn't know there were, I, I, I didn't know either of those guys were from Johnstown. Look yep. at you, you're, you're surrounded by famous people. I, mean. I am. <laughs> and when, so Stewart won the cup with the Hurricanes before coming to Pittsburgh, and Dana won the cup with the Lightning before he came to Pittsburgh, and they both had uh, community days with the Stanley Cup um, in Johnstown back, I mean, almost 20 years now at this point. But uh, So, yeah, they are very much Johnstown boys, um, and remember their roots, that's for certain. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, maybe we'll have to, and by we, I mean, Robbie, you'll have to stop in a few times, be persistent. Yeah, I'll have to see what I can do. All right, next question here is from Brian. Um, do Garrett or Robbie ever want to try to get a media pass? Well, uh, so this is a fun story. I think both of us have, Robbie, we've been credentialed, right? I, know I have been. Have you been I credentialed? was credentialed for the stadium series game at Heinz Field uh, in 2017 against the Flyers. Yeah, I was credentialed one time. Back in 2017 as well, I think it was a game against the Hurricanes. Um, I, I'm not here to I'm not here to put anyone on blast, but from what I understand, I don't know if things have changed. Um, it's it's rather difficult for an entity like us. Yeah, to put it that way, it's rather difficult for for a blog to get uh, credentialed or media access through the penguins so as much as i would love it i mean that would be absolutely and robbie would be the same way absolutely oh obviously absolutely we both of us would jump at the opportunity to go to any game anywhere uh but (laughs) it is it it is rather difficult. difficult yeah so back when like we i know that it has been tried through pensburg in the past and the person that was in charge of that was always a very big stickler on the types of media they got in. Now, they, the Stadium Series game, all that credentialing is done by the NHL, and they do not care um, at all who they let in. Basically, if you are somehow tied to – now, we went through Vox, so we were like a little more official that way. They did not care. I worked with some of the Philly guys uh, for that game. We got to go to the locker room after the game, and – uh, very cool experience. Garrett, I don't – didn't you only have, like, certain access, though? Like, you weren't allowed to go to the locker room or something like that, correct? No, I did – I was not permitted locker room access. Uh, I remember – I mean, I'll never forget it. I went through oh, – yeah. I went through the media entrance, and every I remember I was – this was 2017. So I was a so – I was a sophomore in college getting media credentials to go to a yeah. game. And so I go through the media entrance and immediately I'm like, I got people looking at me like, you know, are you sure you're in the right entrance here? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here to pick up a credential. And so one thing led to another. I go through the media entrance. I actually had a, 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 a friend through my sister, my older sister, uh, who went to college with his name's Evan Shaw. He actually still works for the Penguins. He's like one of their senior communications people for the Penguins. And my sister knew him. They went to college together. 
And so he kind of hooked me up. Uh, I, he gave me his phone number and I was texting him like, cause I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, it's uh, like, yeah, it's completely just, there's no direction. It just, yeah, you kind of figured things out on your own. It's just a wild experience. So yes, I, I, I was texting Evan. I remember I went into the, uh, uh, like the, the place where like all of the beat writers and everyone would get dinner. They're getting, they're eating mm. dinner. And um, Evan came in and like, we went up an elevator and I was at the media level. And so really for that two or three hour period, I just sat there. I did not even, I did not even want to venture because either I would get lost or I'd get like weird looks from people saying, why is this like high schooler <laughs> in, in the media level here? So I, I stayed at my little cubicle area that was designated for me through Pennsburg. But yeah, I mean, R Robbie, you got locker room access. So the, I mean, you're already ahead of the game for me. So yeah, I, the, again, the NHL basically, as long as you have a connection to a media company and you go through the process, like all you have to do is send in a headshot and they did not care. They give you access to everything. Um, uh, now I was with uh, Travis Hughes, who of was formerly um, of SB Nation and Vox, and Charlie O'Connor, who uh, now works uh, does some work for the Athletic and stuff like that. They're from Philly. Um, they had had past experience. Now the Philly ish, the Philly situation wasn't as strict as as ours. They had had been they had been in the press box before. They knew all the ins and outs, and they were very cool. But Hinesfield a little bit different, like more space there. But there was people from literally all over NHL media there for that game. We're talking the NHL, uh, the main NHL writers, the national guys. I believe Greg Wyshynski from what is now ESPN uh, was there. Uh, Sean Gentile, I believe, was there. Um, uh, who else was there? I mean, I, I rode an elevator with Eddie Olchek and Doc Emmerich. <laughs> um, uh, who else was there? Chris Letang was just like walking around. This is when he – had his neck injury and couldn't play. This is right after he got injured. So he was just like walking around the press box before the game. Um, Josh Yoey, Mark Madden, uh, the t all the TV guys and radio guys were up there. It was basically just like a free for all. The um, Singh, who did the Benino, Benino, Benino call, was there. Um, he wasn't calling the game, he was just basically there reporting on it. Um, it's just a free for all. And yeah. Um, Never got to cover a game at PPG, but um, as for getting media credentials now, would love it. Um, maybe we should try sometime, but uh, it's in the past, it's been contentious to say the least. So, yeah, uh, that's a good, that's as good a place as any to, to, to leave it at that. Again, maybe things will change in the future, but to the future we look, and we now look to question number 14. We'll go back to Robbie here. Again, another question from Brian. Do you ever see Braden Yeager's shot developing close to Connor Bedard's? It's tough to say right now. We know that he has a great shot. He had You saw it in the shootout if you got to see his goal uh, in that first preseason game on, I believe, Sunday. Um, the shot's there, and that's why he was drafted. Um, I've seen people back when he was back during the draft that more compared it to a Phil Kessel type shot, which is, I mean, we know that's lethal. Uh, Bedard is going to be a one of a kind kind of player, I think. So uh, to put that kind of expectations on Braden Yeager, I don't know if necessarily is fair, but the shot is evident and he's going to get a chance to work on it uh, in the juniors this year with Moose Jaw again. So excited to see what it looks like 
uh, when he shows up uh, to camp next season because all all signs point to it being an extremely lethal shot. And if it's anywhere close to the talent of Bedard, um, I think the Penguins got a good uh, a good selection there. Then you guys see those Bedard snipes? Yeah, I mean he's ridiculous. I've never seen anything even like that. That's crazy. It it, it is for for an eighteen year old to do that. Like I remember when I was eighteen and I could barely go up a flight of steps without falling, tripping, and falling forward. And for like an eighteen year old <laughs> to have this like immaculate hand-eye coordination i mean he's been doing he's been doing this sort of thing for years at this point just harassing everyone who's basically lower than him because that's how gifted he is um i mean the thing i hate doing is like putting a point projection on a rookie everyone's always like how many points is Connor bedard gonna get in his rookie season and it could be it could be 50 it could be 30 it could be 85 i don't like doing that sort of thing but what I, from the highlights that I have seen, the brief highlights, it, he he looks the part, absolutely. Totally. I think that dude's going to have a good rookie year. All right. Uh, question number 15. Now we're switching up to Kim here. Um, and who who do you else think will get up there? Uh, Yager, I'm assuming. I think it's we, about the rafters, right? We're talking jersey retirements, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It just kind of like. Who else do you think will get? I'm assuming, yeah. So obviously, we know Mario's up there. Crosby, Malkin will join. Um, but so the question is, who else do you think will be up there? Uh, Kim says Yager for sure, Fleury uh, as well, uh, and anyone else in your opinion? Um, uh, Yager, I I think it's isn't that already like somewhat confirmed? Yager's they're working on a jersey retirement. Once he actually retires, he's 51 and he's still playing in that Czech league. Yeah. Which is unreal. Uh, Flurry, I think there's a. Uh, per, I would uh, personally, I would put Flurry up there, but I, I don't know. What do you guys think about Flowers? Is he getting up in the rafters once he retires? Oh uh, man, that's. I I I think, Lotang is more a sure bet than Flurry. I agree with that. Um, yeah. It would be really hard to not put Flurry up there just because. Again, it goes back to he was the first piece. He was of all, of all this. I mean, he's three cups. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I think it'd be very, very difficult. Um, he's going to be the most winning goaltender in Penguins history. I, I just think that he's. It'd be very difficult not to put him up there. Yeah, I I would put him up there. I love love Flower, but yeah, I don't. This isn't the Hall of Fame either. We're talking. I guess we're. We're just talking Jersey. So flower, let's go. Um, Latang. Uh, I think that Jake Gensel, like if he stays in Pittsburgh, you know, he's got a contract coming up. Uh, if he kind of keeps pace, I mean, when all, if he, if he wants to stick it out in Pittsburgh and go the Sidney Crosby route, I mean, I could see him being captain material. I guarantee it. I, I that's the one thing that I'm. If he stays in Pittsburgh, I guarantee you he will be the next captain when Crosby retires. I think he's he's got that. Uh, I don't know. He's like I, I think he seems like a leader already. He's uh, and if he keeps, you know, if does production matter? Like, I think I think so. Uh, I could see maybe in the future, in a very. Like you know, given a certain uh, certain circumstances, Jake could potentially be up there. Uh, but other than that, I don't, 
I, I tried, I racked my brain about this and was trying to think, are there people that should be in the rafters that are not up there still? And I, I don't know. Do you, either of you guys have any opinion on that? Off the top of my head, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think Pat Pastor doesn't. No, I, yeah, the Tang is the one that sticks out to me. Um, Flurry's always going to come up in the discussion just because of uh, his reputation in Pittsburgh. But to me, Malkin, Crosby, uh, the Tang are the three guarantees. And I think there's a strong case for Flurry that will eventually end with him being in the Raptors. Sounds good. Yeah, I agree. So this is a uh, question 16 from Kim. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mike Sullivan's comments about playing both Latang and Carlson together on the power play? Bring it on. Absolutely. Give it to me. Inject it into my veins. I think we made the joke earlier in the off season. Um, and I, and you know, the more, the more you talk yourself into it, the more you want it to not be a joke, but 40% is a 40% conversion rate out of the equation. If things are firing on all cylinders now, maybe, maybe that's a stretch. Uh, we know the Penguins have had power play struggles in the past, and the hope is that Carlson will come in to alleviate those struggles. But it sounds like from early on in camp, I remember seeing a tweet from Josh Yoey. I think Chris Letang, Carlson and Letang were on the same unit, but they weren't they weren't uh, roaming the blue line. I think Carlson was quarterbacking on the blue line. I think Letang was uh, down low opposite Crosby, if I'm not mistaken. So. It, it's probably going to happen. They're probably going to force force it unless something, you know, un unless the power play conversion rate is so bad where, you know, maybe Latang goes on the second unit and Carlson keeps, stays on the first unit and, you know, Raquel has that right-handed shot down low uh, in the, what I call the, the Phil Kessel area when Kessel was quarterbacking the power play. So unless things are that bad where, where Latang has to be moved off the unit for whatever reason, they I, I for the first at least for the first month of the season, uh, if not longer, they're going to try and make that thing work as best as possible with Carlson and Latang on the same unit. I just don't see why they wouldn't. Um, well, they got to try it, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You have to try it. I mean, you bring Carlson in. I mean, Carlson is more than just a power play quarterback, but his offense is why you go trade for him anyway. So it would be coaching malpractice if they didn't at least try it. And so, I, I mean, I, I think absolutely they're, they're going to continue to try and iron it out through the remaining preseason games. And I'll be very interested to see when that first power play comes, assuming it comes in the Chicago game, the first game of the season, what Latang and Carlson, what that whole first unit will look like because it's just going to be lethal weapon after lethal weapon. I kind of, I've like been worried about the power play with both of them on it. Like, I want to see it. Like, you got to try it. Kind of like I said, but uh, it just, it just didn't really work out that well for them in San Jose. What I'd like to see is like, I'd like to see Latang up at the top it, where he's been. But then let's slide, like you said, let's slide Carlson down into to uh, the half wall where Phil was. Yeah, why not? Like, it's what, like what, what some people. Some people are like, well, what about the one timer? But it's like, dude, Phil didn't have a one timer. He never he he never one timed it. He was he was looking for cross seams past to uh, to Gino, yep. uh, and he was a threat to score himself. And I I don't really know if if Carlson has like a a lethal one timer, but he can pick corners and. That's how that's how I would I would I'd feel comfortable seeing him in that position. But I mean, either way, they'll figure it out. If it ended up being 
only one of them, at least, you know, power play two is going to have a great offensive mobile defenseman, right? Yeah, either way. Yeah, if, if, either way you slice it, I agree. That's, again, I think that's worst case scenario. If Latang gets moved to that second unit, I, I'm sure you will you will see it throughout the throughout the season, throughout an 82 game schedule. You're going to see a Latang or a Carlson or a Malkin or a Crosby maybe on that second unit from time to time. But load up all your big guns on that first power play unit and just let it rip. Question number 17. Uh, we are going back to Robbie here, I believe. Question from Kim: What are some of the best rivalries across the National Hockey League. Yeah, again, with a sport or as league as old as the NHL, there's a lot of great ones that have developed over time. Um, the Penguins have, oh man, many themselves, it feels like, between the Flyers and Capitals. Um, the Rangers bring out a lot of hate as well. Uh, around the league, you have teams like Montreal and Boston is a historic rivalry. Detroit and Chicago's in there the battle of Alberta between Edmonton and um, oh, uh, Calgary. Uh, one that's kind of newer because Vegas um, has only been in the NHL for five or six years. Uh, Vegas and San Jose was pretty nasty uh, for a while because of some playoff meetings. I think Seattle and Vancouver could be a nice rivalry being only a couple hours apart. It's growing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I people mean, up here young. But people yeah. up here, like, they, no one up here really follows hockey. So people are trying to hate Vancouver because, like, people tell them to. It's yeah, weird. I can see that. Um, basically, I mean, Anaheim and L.A. because they're, I mean, right next to each other uh, as well. Uh, Colorado and Detroit, um, the hostilities have cooled a bit. But back in the 90s, that was absolutely just manic. Um, Florida, I guess, is a nice uh, between Tampa and the Panthers uh, is a nice little uh, budding rivalry as well. But um, Boston and Toronto are in there, Toronto and Montreal, uh, a lot of great options to choose from simply because the league is so old. Uh, there's a lot of great historical rivalries to choose from. Uh, question number 18. Again, uh, we got Kim here. What are each of your favorite uh, music groups slash artists? You want to just round table this and like what give like let's give like a top three or something. That's fine by me. Yeah, that's I'm fine. I'm not really. Yeah, I don't really have. Uh, my music tastes are very varied. I don't know if I really have anything uh, that sticks out. I know you guys are more the music, uh, the music uh, people than I am. Um, being from Seattle, there's some. Uh, there's a bunch of bands that are from here that I like, but a couple grunge bands would be like Alice in Chains. I big fan of them and uh tad uh and then i've mentioned it plenty of times on here before but like title fight or uh like one step closer uh yeah i uh, that's four but i'll pass it off to you guys um i'm i'm still in my pop punk era as it were so as a matter of fact, uh, I didn't. I haven't told either of you guys. I mean, it's not really Penguins related, but I am getting a tattoo. For those who listen to Blink One Eighty Two, I'm getting a tattoo. My first tattoo of their famous smiley logo on my right forearm. So that'll be uh, that'll be exciting whenever it does happen over the next couple of months. But sick, uh, nice. nice. So uh, Blink. Uh, let's see. A couple of like. 
Tom DeLonge's side project, Angels and Airwaves, it's not really pop, pop punk, but it's more like, um, it's more like I would, more rock based, not as heavy or fast paced. Um, I, I really like the Beatles, uh, really big Beatles fan, but yeah, I mean, right now, really anything with a guitar, you give me any, anything with a guitar and I'm pretty much satisfied. Do you like boxcar racer? Oh yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a vinyl. My, my boxcar racer vinyl <laughs> is literally right here, uh, underneath my, my record player. So yeah. Boxcar Sick, yeah. racer. I like their one piece of music they put out. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, well, the one the one record, and then Tom was like, "Ah, okay, th- this served its purpose, so we'll, we'll do something else." I think Mark got butthurt, isn't it? With the, isn't it? Mark's the only one that wasn't in it, so he was like, "Screw this." He he was on one track. He recorded, I think it was called Elevator. It was like one of the last tracks of their album, uh, and yeah, that was like there was dissension growing. That was like what two thousand two, two thousand three, so they were sort of going off in their different artistic directions. And then they all, you know, they got back to bed, back to back together. And now like Blink-182 is as big as they've ever been, which is crazy in 2023. Cause they've been around for like 30 years, if you can believe it. But yeah, I can't wait. Their new album comes out uh, late October around Halloween time. So that's what I'm looking for. Perfect timing for a Blink album to come yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. Uh, let's see. Who's, who's asking? Wait, Robbie, you got you. you I don't you, really have any. I'm not. Yeah, you guys. I'll let you guys take that question. <laughs> uh, I yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fair. All right. Uh, question number nineteen, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Kim asks, "What team or teams have the most hostile fans?" <laughs> uh, number one has to be Philadelphia, right? I mean, I don't know. Vancouver, yeah. that fan died when they lost. Wait, what? In the riot? When, when they lost this? the. That was when... like 2011, I believe. Oh, against yeah. the final. Yeah, I think someone got thrown off a bridge. Oh, my God. I'll have to, du- I'll have to double fact check that. Actually, maybe not. Let's just believe it, even if it. But I, I heard like a fan got thrown off a bridge or something in the riot. That is terrible. That's, ho- that's pretty hostile. That's like. Yeah. That's not. Uh, really- yeah, the first one that came to my mind was Philadelphia. Not even Flyers fans, but like Philadelphia fans in general, throwing batteries at Santa Claus, booing their own team. Uh, really, I Philadelphia. I love cheesesteaks, but that's the only thing I like about Philadelphia. Their, their fans are ruthless, uh, often impatient. Um, I mean, if your team's not playing well. Wherever you are, you're probably going to boo them off the ice or off the field or whatever. But throwing batteries at Santa Claus at Christmas time is like another level of like hostility. That is that real? Oh, you better Google it. Oh yeah, that was that was an Eagles game uh, years ago. Yeah, they threw batteries at Santa Claus. Batteries? Mm -hmm. Are we talking double A's or like car batteries? No, I'm like sure, double A. Yeah, it looks I'm like sure if they had car batteries, they would have chucked yeah. it at Santa Claus. That's whatever how, was available. That's yeah, messed up. Yeah. So, uh, my my number one pick is is Philadelphia. Boston is up there. Toronto fans are insufferable. Um, they travel well. I mean, I, I'll give them that. They they travel all over North America to support their team. Their fans are absolutely insufferable. Montreal fans can be insufferable too. Imagine that a bunch of original six teams with their fan bases are insufferable. Who who would have guessed? Not me, but yeah, the, those are some of my picks for 
the team or teams with some of the most hostile fans. Question 20, our final question here for this week's mailbag comes from Kim. We'll wrap it up here with uh, with Robbie. And I think this is a food question. That, uh, we, I know we were talking about this the other day as we were looking at the outline, but here we are finally talking about it. What are your favorite mushrooms and do you have some filling or dip to it? So don't know how popular this is in Denmark, Kim, but uh, we have stuffed mushrooms in the United States. Uh, you can put literally whatever you want to in them. Um, spinach and cream cheese, lobster meat, breadcrumbs, beef, sausage, whatever. Um, so whatever. I'm not a mushroom expert. Um, I do know of uh, morel mushrooms because um, they grow like once a year. They're very popular. They can be used as pizza toppings, soups, basically anything. And they are delicious. Uh, I've had them. I need my mushrooms cooked when I eat them because um, raw mushrooms don't don't really have a good taste to me um, and a weird texture. But I don't know what kind of mushrooms they stuff, but I, I'll take those um, all the time because they're delicious. But not a, I love mushrooms cooked, sautéed, not a fan of raw mushrooms. So that is about the extent of my knowledge on uh, the fungi uh, game. Um, but I do know that if you are not careful, they will kill you. So I will let other people pick them and buy, sell them in a store where I know they are safe before I venture out into uh, the forest to pick any myself. But whatever kind they stuff and put all that delicious stuff in are my favorite. Um, uh, I do not dip them usually. Um, again, need to be cooked for me just from a taste texture standpoint. So, yeah, that's my take on mushrooms. I don't know if anybody else has anything on that. Mushrooms on pizza, Robbie? Yes. No, no, absolutely not. No mushrooms on pizza. Mushrooms ruin pizza. The same with pineapple. Uh, just the, the absolute worst topping you can put on a pizza. That's just not correct, but that's fine. Well, I've actually had pineapple and mushrooms on the same slice of pizza. You are one of the most <laughs> disgusting people I think I've ever met, virtually, in person, or otherwise. That is the foulest thing you have ever said. Uh, yeah, I, I, let's, I'll just say that, like, I haven't done that again. I, I went a little overboard with the toppings. Oh, you think, oh, you think you went overboard? I won't even get into the rest of what was on it, but, uh, mushrooms on, mushrooms on pizza is good. Uh, that's not, there's a bar around here that has these, uh, mushroom, they, they just like batter and deep fry these mushrooms and you dip them in whatever. Yeah. Those are pretty good. You guys ever had those bars around there have that kind of stuff? Like fried pickles or fried mushrooms. Oh yeah, fried oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you deep fry anything; it's gonna be good. You can Basically, deep fry yeah. a shoe, and I'd eat it. You know. <laughs> true. True. Anybody well, else? Yeah. Anybody else have any other closing remarks on the mushroom or the fungi uh, discussion? Nope. Alrighty. Well, with that said, this closes out a another edition of the Skating Penguin Network mailbag for. Robbie Noggle for Snail. I have been Garrett Bahanna. Uh, thank you once again for tuning into another mailbag episode. And stay tuned because uh, we are getting ready to kick things into high gear here at the Skating Penguin Network. The offseason is just about to wrap up. Obviously, preseason is well underway. And with that, 
we have a lot more exciting content as we were just talking before we hit the record button. We have a lot more exciting things coming at you as the Penguins get their 2023-24 regular season underway in the not-so-distant future. But until then, I have been Garrett Bahanna for my lovely co-hosts, Robbie and Snail. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you again very soon.